Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of One Mic Night, the podcast that brings you stories of people and artists on their journey, hoping to guide, answer questions, and motivate you in the business and in life. If you guys haven't already, please make sure you download the episodes. It's available on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And also, if you'd like to watch it, you can watch it on YouTube at One Mic Night. Leave some comments down below. Let me know what you think about the episodes and any topics you want to discuss. Thank you all for listening and following me along on this journey. We're in season two. Today, we are going to take a trip across to the east. And I don't mean eastern United States. We're going over seas. My guest today is a foodie. He's a teacher. He's a world traveler. He is a food blogger. He's a gamer. He does everything. He's also an author. He's written a book called The Black Traveler's Guide to Daegu. I hope yes, I say that you. right. <laughs> South Korea. <laughs> Please welcome. He goes by the name of Phil, the Blurred Explorer. What's up, Phil? How you doing? Yeah, how you doing? Thanks for having me. <laughs> Good. Welcome to One Mic Night. Listen, man, I have questions. Yeah, sure. First question is, who sure. the Blurred Explorer? Uh, just some random generic nerd guy, black guy who plays video games, arts, anime, and stuff. Uh, well, I had how can I say this? I, I kind of switched, I had a, a previous blog beforehand. Um, I used to go by my first blog was called The Minority Traveler. My first moved to South Korea in 2016, mm-hmm. but uh, <clears throat> you know, as you grow, as you get um, better with you know, blogging, writing. You know, online content. Sometimes you want to do like you know, give it like new name, new identity, new fresh coat of paint. So, I was trying to think of new gimmicks or titles what I can go by, and I combined two things. That, that's me. You know, two things that I'm black, I'm a nerd. So why not blurred? Yeah, go that. that's a good combo. Bless you. Where, where were you? Where were you born? Where are you? Where are you from? Uh, from well, I was born in Mississippi, but I've basically been everywhere in the U.S. Uh, basically, I, I moved. I've been in South Carolina since. 2009 to finish up high school, so I considered South Carolina my home, mm-hmm. my home state. I lived in Alabama, Washington State, but uh, I would say pretty much like I would say South Carolina is kind of my roots, my home, quote unquote. Uh, I've been there since 2007, finished high school, went to college, uh, and I finished college in 2015. In my fall, yeah, fall 2015. Mm-hmm. And what led me to come to South Korea was I was in my last semester of college, and you know, like all seniors do, you're trying to find a job, trying to you know send out resumes, trying to go to interviews, job fairs, couldn't find nothing. And then one day I saw this ad on my university's job board about teaching English in South Korea, and I thought, okay, let's um, let's do a little research to dig more into that because I've always been interested in traveling. I just didn't know where or how to begin with it. Right, that's, and I, that's, that's my first question because you know, like coming, especially coming from the south. You know, yeah, yeah. a lot of times our parents don't even think about traveling. You yeah. know, they're they're in the mode of trying to work and, you know, yeah. make lives better for the kids. But how does a kid from Mississippi, Alabama, South yeah. Carolina, how do you dream to go somewhere else to travel? Right. Exactly. I think that's a problem with a lot of black travelers, not just in the UK. And apparently a friend of mine, Dale, who lives a brother from the UK, he apparently has that we kind of discussed it because I wrote my first book about there's some of the book about this for the city in South Korea. Mm-hmm. And he was telling me about how he wishes the next time try to write more, make it more international because apparently other black people have the same problem too in Europe too, which I, I didn't even think about that either. Yeah, right. That's that that threw me off too. And um, 
I think, yeah, like you said, uh, our parents, older generations, understandably, you know, they go from a time where it's like, we just want work to live. We're trying to, you know, pay bills and survive. Right. And our generation, younger, we just saw how parents struggle and got miserable. I'm like, yeah, that's not something we want to do. Like, we're not afraid to work. We're, we're not afraid to grind. Like, say, okay, if it's something that we enjoy, it's just passionately what you care about, then, yeah, we're going to grind for it. But just to have a job and say, I'm going to have a job, benefits, all that jazz, work to 95, rent race. We don't want that lifestyle. Right. It's not because of lazy. We just don't want your lifestyle. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And for me, like growing up, like I, said, I always wanted to go to Japan because anime on cartoon from uh, Toonami and Cartoon Network. But I didn't know how to go to Japan or how to travel because the only time me as a black person, the only time I ever heard about black, other black people traveling was usually through the military, almost always. Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Like, what about you? Like, how, how many people that you know that traveled abroad that was military? Yeah, that's true. I mean, for me, it's my story is a little different. <clears throat> I actually yeah. was born in the South. I was born in Nashville, but right. my mother put herself back through school. So right. she graduated from college. And so our outlook on life was a little bit different because that was a little right. bit later in her life. But she was pretty liberal in her thinking along the way. So my idea of travel was different. She put me through boarding school. So I, I was already in contact with people who were traveling. I went on trips, you know, domestically. And then my outlook, right. like you, you you wonder what it's like somewhere else. So I start traveling and I start working in the UK. I start traveling yeah. across Europe. So yeah, if not many people are like that, unless you're from the military, you're right. Right. Your military family, you move around a lot. So your outlook is a little bit different in way, the way yeah, you learn. Yeah, usually it's more like, it's usually, unless it's military, like, you know, business trip, then mm -hmm. yeah, you usually don't hear anything about a black person or black family going on a vacation overseas. That's that's something you hear about. Right. Hey, it's even, it's even crazy. It's like, uh, what I got more, look more into about, you know, coming to South Korea, it amazed me to find out, like, not many Americans leave their state or their city ever. Right. Like, that's just that's the crazy part. Like, some people who are saying, I would rather stay, be born in South Carolina, stay in South Carolina for the rest of my life and don't go anywhere else. I'm like, that's just crazy. Like, it, now, if you want to move back when you're older, sure, in your 40s, 50s, whatever, you want to settle down, yeah, go ahead, do that. But right. it's like, why would you want to like waste all your twenties and thirties being in the same spot forever? Like, but I think that's the thing is you know you come people come from that area and they're just working to live. You know what I mean? Working, like to, working live, to live yeah. and your outlook on life is not. First of all, you probably yeah. don't come into you know as much diversity of people, so your curiosity right. doesn't even roam. So you go someplace like New York, which is where this podcast is is uh, based. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you meet everybody. Or your family is multicultural. You come from the Caribbean and you know about things. Right. Your makeup is something different yeah. as a black person. So, right. Yeah. Like, you, you know, I'm just jealous because, you know, New Yorkers, you guys have more access to more international foods, cultures. So, like, you can at least be more culture. You have a chance to learn more languages. We're, like, say, in the South, it's like, we ain't got that option, really. Like, right. yeah. You really, like, okay, yeah, you may have the one to one or which kid, he, white boy who got, has gone traveling abroad and whatnot, but, like, it's not often you don't see many international folk, maybe in Atlanta, Miami. But again, if you go from those outside of those major cities, like you don't hear about that stuff all the time. Exactly. Or like have access to the most international food we have to get is on Mexican or American Chinese food. That's about it, really. That's it. Almost always. So then back to you about, you know, how you decided to go to South Korea. First of all, why? Why Korea? Because like you said, um, Japan, it seems like Japan of the Asian places to go. Japan yeah, is probably yeah. the first top on the list. Right, you know it would be too, but um, 
as you know, I was doing research about the idea about T doing ESL, the easy to second language teaching for a job. Mm-hmm. You know, I compared some of them, you know, to the hot spot, you know, Japan, Korea, and China. Uh, and compare Japan is more expensive, so that's why. Okay. And Korea has more benefits. Like, for example, in Korea, uh, employers pay for the housing, so I get free rent. Wow. Japan doesn't do that. Hmm, that's interesting. I had no idea. Let's yeah. talk a little bit about uh, the culture of sure. South Korea, because, uh, you know, once again, we that's a place that's uncharted for a lot of us, you know, black or white. We don't even know, you know, any anyone right. from the States don't really know. We don't really know much about Korea. Me either. Yeah, I didn't know about Korea. My big introduction was, of course, like many Gangnam Style, the song when I came out yeah. was popular. And of course, Samsung, LG smartphones, LG TVs, smartphones. Like I sold someone I was working in the U.S. too. Um, but yeah, so yeah, you're right. It's pretty empty. Like no, not many people really know. But I mean, sure, nowadays you know about because you know whole K-pop wave and stuff. But even before, like, right. no one knew anything about South Korea. No one. You know, so uh, the culture, uh, like many, it's a homogenous nation. So everybody looks the same. Like just most places places in Asia. So obviously, you know, when I mentioned this in the book, like. All foreigners will do get stared at, like no matter who you are. If you're not Asian, like you know Korean, you're gonna get stared at. It's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. However, in precision, and this is why I, I wrote what I call the Black Travis Guide is because as somebody with darker complexion will get more stares than a white person. It's just gonna happen. Like it's just more our curiosity, of course. Because like, right. again, it's not every day that you see a foreigner in general, but especially if somebody who looks for our complexion, our hair texture. Mm-hmm. It's like we're a rare breed, like a shiny Pokemon or some shit. Like it's something you don't see every day. Right. Do you think they distinguish, you know, and I, and I don't, don't want to talk in yeah. stereotypes of they, you know yeah. what I mean? But do you think the Koreans distinguish African-American from African from, you know, or they just, the curiosity is just well, other people? Yeah. No, it, I think it's just not just Korea, but Asian, general. Like, um, I mean, my students still could, they confuse me and think I'm from Africa. But I'm like, no, no, I'm from the U.S. So, unfortunately, in Korea, the culture, people, they really believe the stereotypes, negative stereotypes they hear about everybody else. So, like, for example, if they hear somebody, a girl from Russia, they think that she's a prostitute, for example. Oh, or, right, right. Uh, yeah. Or uh, a black person from Africa, oh, you're poor. You're the poor, you know, like from those, some poor African commercials that you see on TV, you know, about feeding the poor and stuff like that. That's what they think of Africa all oh. the time. Hmm. Yeah. Now... Funny enough, uh, when I came to Korea in 2016, between 2016 and 2018, me and probably other black teachers, we got we got called, you know, things like Obama, LeBron James, Oprah. But at, guess what happened in 2018? What? Black Panther came out. It was a t- changed the whole game for everybody. Oh my God, that was a game changer. Yes, and of course, wow. afterwards, I got referred to as Wakanda teacher, Black Panther teacher. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I'm like, I'll, I'll let you slide because it's good. It's a good reference, good positive reference. I'll let that slide. I'll let you go this time. That's interesting. <laughs> Who knew? I mean, because you know the effects of of, of yeah. the media, the controlled media there. I don't, you right. know, I don't know. You could know better than I do. And then what's projected worldwide in media? Yeah, absolutely has an effect on people what their perception is. Oh yeah, and yeah. Um, and of course, like over here in Korea, they love the MCU. They love Marvel movies, MCU. My students too. Like I try to bring up more other Marvel characters and look at me like I'm crazy. Like who is this character? Who's this Marvel character? I'm like these <laughs> poor children. What, what are they teaching you guys? Oh, wait, I'm the teacher. But uh, um, 
but yeah, like even though uh, I'm pretty sure you remember that scene in uh, Busan when uh, uh, Lupita, I think it was her name, when she was speaking Korean. Mm-hmm. I asked the students sometimes. This is at previous schools, of course, and uh, previous jobs. And my student, I asked him like, "Do you think she spoke good Korean?" She said, "No, teacher, bad Korean." I'm like, "She speaks four languages, so she gets an excuse if she doesn't sound bad." <laughs> me. That's funny. That which brings me to another point too. How how yeah. important is the media? You know, in yeah. the projection of what we are as people, you know. Yeah, very important. Honestly, again, like, uh, like I said, because of the culture, like most folks don't know anything about black people by culture. That's what they see on media, so TV. So obviously, you know, hip hop, uh, basketball players, athletes. Uh, of course, now thanks, thanks to Black Panther, Chadwick Boseman, rest in peace. Uh, you know, gave some positive images and stuff. So, and of course, you know. Students have questions about my hair, about my skin tone, and everything. Again, they're young; they don't know anybody. So right, I, yeah. I'll let it slide. It's more like you know, I, I can let this slide. Like in Korea, like as I mentioned before, you will get stared at. Like from the very young to the very old, like especially the old generation, they're gonna really stare hard. Especially because where I live now, I live in a, a small country, coastal beach town. So of course, like I'm gonna be, I'm probably here to talk in town already. But uh, that's funny. And you're how tall? Yeah. Six seven or two hundred centimeters. Yeah, so yeah, definitely that for sure. Yeah. So you almost become like a an educational tool for them too, because they're you know the curiosity's there, and then they learn, you know, all the things that they have learned or they thought they knew stereotypes, completely different. Right, because they obviously not when they saw me, they think I was a basketball hip hop player, but no, I am just your teacher plays Pokemon Super Smash Brothers. So right, that's what they know. That's all my students know me for, and. And uh, you know, it's kind of used as a good reference. And of course, I use SpongeBob too. Like, I teacher I love SpongeBob and Pokemon and Marvel. That's who they know me for. You have to have a lot of confidence to, to carry on. I mean, how did that make you feel to be stared um, at and to be, you know? Yeah, I have a little bit of confidence to to to, to keep going because I know when people stare at you, you just feel a certain way. Um, it, I'll admit, at times it does get annoying, but at the same time, it's like okay, again, most I get that you never seen a black person, but guys. Take it easy. It's not that serious. <laughs> it's like that's 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 what it happens when, of course, again, you come from go to a homogenous nation when everybody looks the same. So obviously, right. even though if you go to like the big city, the capital areas like Seoul, Daegu, Busan, obviously, you're gonna see, you know, a little bit more diversity. So people over there is not gonna be, you know, they're not gonna be, make a big deal of it. So right. You gotta care. Let's talk about this book because this book is yeah. is incredible. I read from. I was lucky enough to get you know a copy of it and read it from front to end. Oh, well, what was the what was the purpose of writing the book? You kind of mentioned it before, but what, what was the mission of this book? Uh, well, really, the, for my content in general, is more to encourage, like I said, to encourage more Black people to travel, and also it's due to the lack of diversity in terms of like terms of travel tourism, right? Mm-hmm. When you look at YouTube tra- websites, blogs, etc., right? Instagram, most of the travel content is from a white perspective, right? Right. And I would say there's a lot. There's a lot of good guys like uh, Drew Bisky, uh, Best Food Review, uh, and Migration Charlie, Mark Wings. There's a lot of white guys who I really enjoy their content, right? But as I said in the book, like their experiences as a white person is going to be far different than for me as a black person. Not just in Korea, but wherever we go in Asia or probably even Eastern Europe, like a black person can get different looks. You're going, to, you're going to be talking about more than anybody else, than a white person, time and time again. It's going to happen. And so I thought, instead of complaining and whining about it, I said, okay, why don't I do something? 
Now, what led me to write my first book, actually, was last year in 2020. Uh, I was at my school, you know, making lesson plans, and I was listening to a web webinar at the same time, and I was trying to figure out ways, you know, how can I turn like, side hustle to make some, you know, try to earn some money on the side, right? Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking, what's something that nobody has done so far that could I could bring to the market? Because I know, like, uh, there's a study that was done. I got to look it up. But, like, for African American for Black tourism, it's going to be about a multi-billion dollars. It was, like, $60 billion worth, $60 billion, right? Mm -hmm. So I was figuring, okay, that's definitely business, just business opportunity to be made here. How can I get into that? And one thing that hasn't really been done before is a black travel guide for countries. Uh, I mean, sure, there's travel guides for all, for the same cities and every whatnot. But again, they're more generic travel guides for everybody, right? And again, uh, I want to focus on one that looks like me, who has the stories, who can tell you what's going to happen, what to expect, especially those who, who are scared to travel abroad because they're afraid of racism and stuff like that. So. Right. And that's why I like your book is because you not only do you give, you know, an actual guide of places where to go and things to do, but you also yeah. talk a little bit about your feelings, too, about how you feel. And, and you you kind of ease people into, you know, don't feel like that. It's just this. You know yeah. what I mean? It's, it's just the way they do or they're curious or. Right. You know, so it's, it's a nice balance of both. So right, as a right. reader, you know, I, I feel more comfortable now. I'm excited to go there. I would love to go there now just by reading. Right, your book. Right. What are some of the other topics you talk about in the book? I know you have, um, you talk about things to know before you even get there. Um, right. You talk about like, uh, what else? Just other, you interviewed some other black people that were there. Mm -hmm. um, yes. Yeah. Uh, so like I said, talk about things what you should know about before coming to Korea, like where, what the, the one of the airports you want to travel to, how to get to Daegu via the train or the bus, whatever. I also talk about things that affect the black culture, like say uh, food and say health concerns. Like for example, um, I mentioned in the book, like Korean food, while delicious, is definitely high in sodium. So if you, so as you know, many black people have, some of us know somebody in the black community who has like high blood pressure, high cholesterol, right? So obviously if you can't eat sodium or if you're gonna watch your sodium count, then you may want to avoid Korean food because that's, you know, has a high sodium count. If, um, so you want to watch those things. Another thing I also mention always, I, I it's repetitive in the book, but it's, I feel it's important. Like if you have food allergies, like you're really gonna be, have to be watching game when you're traveling, in, not just Korea but in Asia, because you know uh, food allergies are not taken as seriously. So mm -hmm. things like if you're allergic to like various nuts and seeds, sesame oil, seafood, fish sauce, fish paste, you know things, anything like those content, like you probably won't be able to eat Korean food just because that's what it contains. Uh, also in the book, I cover like places you can visit. Like uh, there's an amusement park in uh, in Daegu called E World. It's like a small amusement park. You know, for if you uh, if you got your family with kids, your family, then that's something you guys could do. Um, I also talk about the famous Daegu Chicken Festival, it's like a fried chicken and beer festival. Oh really? Yeah. Fried chicken. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So like, yeah, I mentioned the story. Like, yeah, South Koreans love the fried chicken more than black people. I, I think they can say, take the stereotype yeah. from us. That's because literally, there's like everywhere you go in Korea, you will always find a fried chicken, a chicken restaurant everywhere in Korea. Wow, like everywhere. Who knew? No matter how small the town is, there's going to be a fried chicken restaurant somewhere. Okay, who knew? I had no idea. Interesting. Yeah, yeah and going to the other question about the interviews. Yeah, so I reached out to various black people that, that I know personally, others I just reached out to in the various uh, black groups in uh, Korea. 
mm-hmm. to give their stories, you know, provide stories. Why I wanted to do this time is instead of telling my stories, why not tell this very stories from other black people who, who either live in Korea or have been to South Korea, like, you know, let them tell their stories because maybe they could provide input on things that I can't provide input on. So that's interesting. All different perspectives from, from yeah. similar people. Right. And I, I did want to point out when it comes to, to anybody's listening, when it comes to travel, especially if you're your first time listening, mm-hmm. uh, thinking about traveling for, especially internationally, just remember everyone's travel stories is going to be different. No one's, no one's ever going to be the same. Some people experience, like you may go to the same country, same city, do the same activity, whatnot. It's all going to be different. So some people are going to enjoy one thing. Mm-hmm. You may not enjoy it. Just right. everybody's going to be different. So don't worry about that. Interesting. Interesting. Was it hard for you to learn the language? Do a lot of people speak English or, or a little bit of English? Or what was it? What was that for you? Uh, I mean, yeah, for Daegu, um, I mean, you can still get by. Regardless of Korea, you can still get by without learning the language. Of course, it would help. Mm-hmm. Um, I would definitely recommend learning how to read Korean because learning how to read Korean is much easier than speaking it. Just for the grant, because in uh, speaking Korean, just like different sounds. Uh, the different syllables that are different, say like in the Romantic languages of you know English, Spanish, German, French, it's completely totally different. Whole bargain. Um, so that's one thing I recommend if, to make it easier. If you learn to read Korean, you can make it'll make life a lot easier mm-hmm. while living or traveling abroad to Korea. Uh, now getting around, you can still get around without it. Uh, I would use the app called I was mentioning the book called Papago. It's like a translation app. It's much more effective than Google Translate for sure. Okay. It's not perfect, but it's definitely a lot better than Google's. So does it it says audio too? Does it speak the the word or the translation for you too? It can, okay. yes. Yeah. Okay. That's good. That's helpful. Very helpful. Was it was traveling around hard for you? Uh, yes, for me. Uh, because at the time from July to February, July 2020 up to February 2021, uh, my job. My first job, a public school job, I got put on furlough. I got put on leave. It was it really just supposed to be temporary for the summer, but it just kept going into the fall and stuff. So around October, and plus I got I was reduced salary, so it was a pretty hard time for me. Right. Uh, the t- all I was able to go to Daegu for about a week, twice, once in November and the second in February. And once because there are other locations and places I wanted to check out, but because at the time, uh, the time that I went to go, it was the the you know, during the pandemic, of course, this the numbers are a little bit safer to you know travel, do so things, do to those things, activities. Right. So I figured, okay, I'll do I'll do it for the, like the first few days, for a few days, and go back home because I can't, you know, for obvious reasons, like for health and safety reasons, I couldn't risk being out too long. Right. How was the pandemic? I mean, this this is during the pandemic time. How were the restrictions, and what was it? <clears throat> what was the feel there, like at the time? Uh, it was. Oh my god, it was crazy. Um, I was actually, I mentioned the book, I was actually in a different city when the pandemic hit, so I started to come up. I was in this city called Andong, which is about an hour and a half north of Daegu. Mm-hmm. And I was actually at that job, I was about to, I was quitting. I was about to leave that job, start my other job in Incheon, which is a public school elementary English center. So as soon as I left that job, that's when things really got crazy. And Daegu was the epicenter at the time. Wow. It was a hot spot of unfortunately of COVID. So, and I actually used to live there too. So it really hurt my heart to see that my favorite city in the country like got hit so bad. Like, you know, seeing downtown, like used to be full of life, people joking, drinking, having a good time. It, the streets were empty like the first month or two. 
Like, it was scary. Like wow. ghost town levels, like apocalyptic levels, are scary. That's and uh, I didn't really go out too much uh, during COVID because at the time, uh, especially when I got put on furlough and I, I didn't know if I was going to have a job or, you know, I'd start looking for another one. I, it's for the health reason because I knew if I went out and I was, and I ended up testing positive for COVID, it could hurt my chances of finding another job in the future. So I didn't risk it. No one's taking any risk. Because usually in South Korea, when you take a job, a new job, even if you're still in the country, you have to do a health exam every year, every time you start a new job. It's, it's a law. And so I was afraid that if I do the health exam, they're probably going to find, they're probably going to check my medical results history and find out that, oh, he tested positive for COVID. Right. And then you'll you know, tell future employers and then they could just rescind my offer. So I'm like, yeah, I'm going to stay home all day, every day. I hated it, but it was like, you know, just save the reason. Did you have any thoughts of coming back to the States? During that time, um, obligated to stay there. Now, personally, before COVID, I wasn't planning to move back mm -hmm. at all. Like it was already in my mind. Uh, of course, I was planning to go home, visit, of course, but I just don't ever plan to move back to the U.S. I like being, I love being an expat. It's just my lifestyle for me. Right. But um, yeah, I had some family members ask me that question, maybe or suggest that I should come back to the U.S. temporarily, while you know COVID blows up before you know and wait for it to blow up and come back to Korea. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, I said no. I thought about. I mean, I gave some thought too, but I said no. It's much. I'm much safer here in Korea because one, uh, the Korean government is taking it a little bit more seriously. Healthcare is much more affordable here for sure. Right. Uh, where if I get sick, even just some of the flu, and that's it. It's much more affordable to you know get treated, and taken care of versus back in the U.S. Where at the time, obviously, you know, uh, Republican states like South Carolina, they didn't take it seriously. They didn't lock down. There were no no relax restrictions. So I'm like. It's much safer for here than there. Uh, funny enough, me and my co-teacher, who were in the Inchon at the same time, we were both, you know, furloughed at the same time. We were talking about that. Uh, she ended up going back to the U.S. Uh, after our contract ended. Now, I think it's a personal reason. Apparently, her family has some health problems, too, at the time, when it's getting close to our country. And so that's why she decided to go back. Right. But uh, she wants to come back. But, of course, uh, she decided to say, just go back and help the family. Yeah, and I was going to say the restrictions of coming back in probably would have been a little bit hard too, you know. Yeah, exactly. Get back, and and get back yeah. in the job and the whole exactly, night. Exactly. That's another reason too, because yeah. at the time, you know, job, you know, uh, during the fall semester, fall 2020 for the hiring season, mm -hmm. uh, they didn't hire. No, there's a hiring for public schools. Like no one was hiring whatsoever. Then, so, and uh, like I said, it was probably been much harder to people, for people, even still, even now, like it's harder for people who wants to come teach in Korea to come to Korea because, you know, trying because of COVID. And uh, employers don't really don't want to pay for the two week uh, restriction, you know, quarantine measures and stuff like that. Right. And, and like I said, so, and employers, it was true, like, and unfortunately there are some jobs like Cogwans or private English academies at the school, English academies that Korean students would go to at the school. Uh, a lot of them, you know, been closing because of COVID. Because you know they're because they're pro, they're for profit business, of course. So, you know, parents, you know, they're trying to save money when they can, so they're pulling the kids out. Or in most cases, uh, if there's a, ever a, a case, a positive case of COVID from a teacher or a student, mm -hmm. understandably, they're gonna schools gonna close down temporarily. They're gonna clean up, but the parents are gonna be scared and start pulling the kids the kids out. And of course, which led to you know unemployment, but fortunately. I want to get back to the book for a second here. Um... Who are some of the people you work with? You got some beautiful photographs and artwork. 
some illustrations. Oh, the photographs were done by me. The book was done by you? All no, the, the photo, yeah, photos, photos of mine. Fantastic. Fantastic yeah, photographs. Thanks. Wow. Yeah, thanks. Uh, I wish I could have had a better camera, though. No, the camera is great. The shots are amazing and, you yeah. know, very enticing to, to make you. It seems like there's a lot of artwork there, too. Around. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The um, okay. So the cover was done by uh, Ebenezer. Like he's on Instagram too. You can follow him. I'll put a link in there. Okay. In the book too. At the Ants Arts. Um, he did the first cover book too, and it actually helped because you know I was looking around, messaging various artists, you know, find a cover for the book, my first book. And he reached out. He said, "Yeah, he was definitely interested." And it also helped that he lived in South Korea for a time, for a short time, a few years ago, in 2014, I think. Mm -hmm. So it helped that he actually understood Korean culture and has some idea. Yeah, he knew a little bit about it. Yeah. Yeah, so that helped a lot. So we just kind of vibe and we just worked, especially the second book. He's definitely interested in doing a second book. And you know, and I gave him some references. Now for the pictures, um, there are other pictures I wanted to add. Like I had a hard time finding the right pictures to add to the book. Cause you know, uh, after I took my pictures, I went back through looking through all the files and stuff. Most of them were terrible. <laughs> like terrible quality, so I can't. I can't. Like I can't. I can't use these books. Like so, it took a lot longer to find the right pictures. Well, well, it's definitely something to be proud of because the pictures look great. And yeah, the information you. is incredible. What's the last thing you want to know? What you want people to know about the book and and why they should buy it? Um. Well, one is definitely for a book lover. He's looking something to read. Uh, it's definitely something. If you're if you're a traveler and you're itching to travel, but also we can't right now at the time of recording. So if you're looking for that post COVID travel trip, maybe this book, these two books, my first book, Black Travel's Guide to Inchon, mm. Inchon I N C H E O N, and the Black Travel's Guide to Daegu, Daegu D A E G U. Uh, both books you can find them on Amazon, uh, Amazon Kindle. Uh, the reason is obviously if you want to see more content like this, it helps to support obviously. Because uh, for me, these two books is more of a, a test track to see if there's something that, okay, I actually did have fun making these books, but I want to see, okay, can I actually turn this to a real side hustle, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. Before I actually dive, dive deep into it. Because I was actually thinking about making a whole travel guide for the whole country of South Korea next. I like that. And, you know, these, these two books is more of, okay, let me see how the market reacts to it. Obviously, you know, I've seen positive feedback from people already. And that's good to hear, but obviously, you know, if, obviously, I wish the sales would, you know, reflect to that. But um, like, it's like more it. of a feed, yeah, Go see ahead. if they like it and they want to, if they're willing to pay for it. But also, I want to show people, yeah, yes, there really is. My goal is, especially, I want to encourage more young people that, yes, just because it doesn't matter where you're from, where you're from, what city you're from, man, doesn't matter how much money you got. There's always you can travel. There are ways to do so. Like, leave. My big message, if I could, if I was sitting in front of a classroom, I would tell them high schoolers, I would say, when you finish high school, leave your home state, leave your city, just go somewhere else. Like, exactly. like go move to another city, go move to another city, just leave your hometown. Like, you ain't missing nothing here. I Listen, I say this in almost every episode, traveling is yes. probably the best education you can have. Because when you really go, is. you learn about different cultures, food, religions, yeah. you learn about yourself. And yeah. that is the key. You and I would say, for, yeah, and I would say for anybody, like, who thinks, I know America has its own poverty, but you have not seen poverty. Go abroad until, and don't ever, and the, yeah, I mean, especially for my own black people, like, 
Yeah, we struggle. We got racism, but have you been seen in poverty in the Philippines or in Mexico, South South America? Like, do not go over there and then look where you came from the hood. Like, you guys had to make compared to what they got over here. The disparity just shows you, like, damn, like disparity in other countries is real. It is real. Yeah, like, like uh, it's true. It's Americans. We honestly, unfortunately, I believe it's true. Like. We are we complain about nothing really. We are the biggest complainers. Like we got it made. We're a spoiled brat, so we got it made. Like we well, have, we have the best one of the best passports in the world. We can go literally anywhere in the world. Anywhere you took the words right out of my mouth. Anywhere, yeah. that's the privilege. Honestly, you we know, have. Y'all be yeah, watch the visa laws and anything like that. But again, a U.S. passport as pre-COVID is one of the strongest passports in the world. You can go to almost any country visa-free. Like almost, I think about a hundred countries without having to do the visa process. Like right. compared to compared to those in Africa, like they got to go through hoops and bounds just to go travel to another country, especially a Western country. Like us, we can go anywhere you want. Just just leave. Like to any young person listening to this, you have yes, yes. You, I don't know your situation. I don't know your story, but you can always change your story. Like we don't we don't choose how we start our life, but we can That's definitely right. choose. How we end it, how we um, continue, how we change it. Like, you can always change the narrative yourself. Yes, you can always change it. Like you can choose we can't choose our mamas and daddies, but we can choose where we live, you can choose where you want to work, you can choose what city you want to try to go to, where you want to work in, where you want to live, where you want to travel, what clothes you wear, clothes you wear, the shoes you buy. Those are choices you can make. The things we can control, you can do it. That's it true. won't be easy. I will not I will not deny it. it will not be easy, but I promise you. When you make those changes, especially if you leave out there, you finish high school, college, whatever, you'll be a much stronger person. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, because uh, I wanted to tell the story. Like, uh, me and my good friend of mine, Jamal Simmons, uh, he's like a brother to me. Uh, this is back around 2016, early 2016. We were talking about where, you know, we just finished college. We we're trying to figure out what we want to do with our lives. And uh, I remember his dad, he was telling me how his dad was some one day, like, because he was from South, we were like South Carolina too at the time. Uh, he, he was telling me how his dad was telling him, like, leave South Carolina, go go somewhere else. They, oh, wait, am I allowed to swear here? Am I yeah, 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 here? Of, course, of course. Okay, I'm going to be sure. Uh, yeah, he was telling me how his dad told him, they ain't shit here in South Carolina, go somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so he actually left to go to, uh, I forgot the, I forgot the uh, Full Sail University in, uh, in Florida. And because he left and he follows his goal, uh, he's now a uh, videographer, the camera guy for Florida State University sports team. Look at that. See? That's what yeah. it is. That's what it yeah, is. Like, yeah. yeah, of course, they were grinding. There were times, blood, sweat, cheers, his blood, sweat, and cheers. I have my own blood, sweat, and cheers. But I promise you, like, leaving, leaving your city, leaving your state yep. will make you a stronger person. You will achieve more than you ever did if you stayed in your own spot first of your life. That's you ain't right. Gonna expand it's a mindset you know you have to change that mindset and change your surroundings you change the narrative and travel like i said like we said is the best thing you could probably do for yourself travel somewhere travel somewhere and see what other people do and see the disparity we have what's called first world problems here yes we do you know i was talking to someone today i just i have a friend in brazil he just lost Mm -hmm. his brother to COVID. they can't they don't have access to the vaccine we have access to the vaccine and people here don't even want to take it right that's first world problems, right? Seriously. They, I can't I can't even take the vaccine right now. Like right. I mean, we got the vaccines and there's no rollouts, but for foreigners like me, like I don't know when we're gonna take ours. Like I'm here different 
I'm also assuming we're probably gonna get. I think from Raw, we might get in the fall. But yeah, you're right. It's like you guys. I, I'm I'm watching this you know, from my Facebook. You know, watch your friends on both sides of the political scale complaining about COVID. You know, vaccines, masking, and yep. stuff. I'm like, all right, what the hell? I'm thinking, what the hell is you guys a problem? Like seriously. Yeah. Yep. It's like again, like this is like again. I this is why I try to encourage people to travel because it educates you more. Like you, for me, it showed me. Especially nowadays, especially with COVID, it really showed me to be appreciative of what I got. Um, it showed me, it taught me to enjoy the little things. Mm-hmm. It really showed me to mind my own business. Don't worry about what other folks be doing. Don't worry about what people are gonna say. Like, right. yep. Again, like I used to be worried. Like many people, even younger days, even to close. I'm 30 now. Like even to my late 30s, towards my late 20s, I I was worried about what other folks be thinking about me. Right. Nowadays, it's like you know what? I almost came close. To, we're almost came close to death because it's. Because this virus. Exactly. I'm going to live my life. Fudge whatever everybody else thinks, okay? Let's, you got it. Just go live my life. Just don't worry about it. Like, that's right. That's the big thing I want to say. Like, to any young person, listen, like, listen, there's a pandemic going on. We all almost came close to death. Just go live your life. Don't worry about other people think. Like, people are always going to talk shit about you. Don't let that. Don't worry about it. Just move on. Exactly. Exactly. That's it. Yeah. The important things. Yeah, I'm life. pretty sure I got fan members and stuff probably jealous and mad about me that I'm doing my own thing. But, you know, uh, I think it was a, reminds me of a quote from Little Boozy from the Vlad TV interview. He said, hypnotize with hatred. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's it. Don't be hypnotized with hatred. It's going to happen no matter what you do. It's just don't worry about them. Go live your life. Go, Go be happy. Life. That's right. That's right. Well, man, I could talk to you all day long and I appreciate you. The book is incredible. But uh, first... Where you at, baby? Hmm. Baby, where you at? That's my mom. She's listening. She wants to know where we can find you on social media because she wants to follow you. (laughs) Really? Okay. uh, She's on social media. Yeah, my handle Instagram at the Blurred Explorer. Blurred B L E R D. Find me there. If you got, you just want to follow me, follow my stories. um, Just chat, DM me. You got questions about travel, such. Give me a big time, and that's where you also find news and updates about my future, any other travel books I'm going to do in the future, too. I like that. Everybody, please make sure you follow The Blurred Explorer. His book is banging. It's fire. Please pick up the copy. You said it's on Amazon available? Yes. Uh, Amazon. Uh, you can also find them on uh, Apple Books and um, uh, what's the other one? Barnes and Nobles, too. The e- it's all in ebook format, so you e-book. can watch it. You can carry it in mobile devices. I did have it on Google Play Store originally, but there's been formatting issues. I just can't get it fixed, so I just took it off. Okay, you have all those options to find it. Please make sure you follow him. And also follow him on IG at the underscore blurred underscore explorer. You can also email him, like he said. You can hit him up at minoritytraveler at gmail.com. Thank you for taking the time out. I want to thank you so much because I know you're about 12 hours ahead of us here, and it's late. Yeah. <laughs> so I appreciate your time and I appreciate you. Please make sure you go buy this book. This is One Mike Knight, the podcast. Please follow us at One Mike Knight. One Mike Knight is spelled O-N-E-M-I-C-N-I-T-E. You can follow me at Marcos Luis, M-A-R-C-O-S-L-U-I-S. Go to the dot com for both. You can find the links to the social media. And let me know what you think about these episodes. Also, click the bell at the top because you don't want to miss any of the episodes that come out. Thank you for joining me. See you next time.